welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hi everyone, I'm John Lynn, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today. We're excited to bring another in our series of interviews with top leaders in health IT. And our guest is Malika Amini. She's founder and CEO at Trait Health. Welcome, Malika. Thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Yeah, I mean, it's fun here at the health conference. A lot it of energy is. and excitement. But for those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself and Trait Health. So, as you mentioned, I'm a founder and CEO at Trait. I am an engineer by background and I have a cognitive science degree as well. So what I'm doing is sort of up my alley. But um, I've been in the healthcare space and health tech space for over you know, 25 years, but I really got more hands-on involved uh, when my own son was diagnosed with a series of uh, neuropsychiatric challenges and I had to navigate this, uh, kind of this complicated path as a parent versus what I had done in the past, which was more on the corporate side. So really found a clear pain point for clinicians and for patients. Um, and that's how I found a trait. Interesting. Well, you have such a good platform for mental health issues and bringing together, like you said, the complicated yeah. <laughs> environment that we are in. But talk to us about how do mental health issues relate to other areas like SDOH, including food insecurity, unemployment, transfer, yeah. What's the tie between SDOH and mental health? Well, it's well documented and we're all very much aware of the fact that social determinants and your general environment, life environment, have a lot to do with your health outcomes. And that's across all of healthcare. Yeah. Um, this is particularly impactful on mental health though, uh, because food insecurities and housing and unemployment and transportation challenges all of those create stress, create anxiety, create even trauma in many, many individuals. Um, and so as a result, people who actually do have challenges in their environment are very much known to have more severe mental health challenges as well. Interesting. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't think we, I, I, I know I, before we were talking, I hadn't really correlated all the SDOH with mental sure. health, but it makes sense why they're tied. Mm -hmm. If I was in that situation, I'd have mental health issues too. <laughs> of course. And, but I think what's interesting is there's a lot of social programs to address these problems. I mean, yeah. you know, every city, every state, even the country has it. Why aren't they working to really address the mental health challenges of these populations? Like, why aren't they effective at it? Well, you know, I wouldn't say they're not effective okay. entirely. They are, you know, there are a lot of great social programs. They sure. have had some impact on addressing those social determinants and probably some of those mental health issues. But in reality, there are, we, we call social determinants broadly, you know, again, food insecurity, housing, unemployment, transportation. But in the mental health space, there are social determinants of mental health that go far beyond the three or four large categories that we're talking about. The reason why you don't see the full impact is because of that, is because you know, we, you have to look at social determinants, number one, at a more granular level and broaden that description. So childhood trauma, uh, if you have an alcoholic dad at home or if you're having a non-supportive family that every time you have a meltdown or a breakdown is continuously even isolating you more, if you're being bullied at school, those are all part of your environment. We don't call them social determinants, but in, at trait we call them social determinants of mental health. 
because they do drive all of those symptoms. They do drive a lot of challenges that need to be in your day-to-day -day clinical care if you really want to make sure that addressing social determinants are going to address your health outcomes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it reminds me of the simple example we always hear in SUH. Uh, you, you treat the fever and then send them home to the freezing house where they get the fever again. Exactly. That's exactly the right <laughs> they analogy. They give them the food and they go home and they still have the mental health challenges. Exactly. That That's have. exactly the right analogy. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know, you have a, a platform that works to address a lot of these challenges. So what do you see that is, needs to be done to really address the mental health challenges, including dealing with the SDOH issues? Yeah, so, you know, there are many things that, you know, addressing mental health, addressing any healthcare, but definitely in mental health because it has other components that create complications. Um, there are, it's multifactorial. There are many different things you need to consider. Um, and we, you know, it's, you know, mental health, brain health has, is connected to your other physical health. So making sure that those um, interplays of various different symptoms in your body are captured, for example, is an important factor to consider. When it comes to social determinants, you know, reality is that if you don't include that in your day-to-day -day clinical care, you will never be able to treat the patient appropriately or even diagnose the patient appropriately. If a patient is sitting in front of you with very clear symptoms, you know, your you know, immediate um, action might be to provide medications for that patient. But depending on where they come from, what their home environment is like, or general environment is like, um, there may be a lot more therapy needed than medications, for example. So integrating all of that information into the clinical care where a psychiatrist or a therapist is making those decisions appropriately with all of the right information at hand is going to make a big difference in how patient outcomes improve. And that to us is one of the important factors, which is what we have done, is to include, again, a multifactorial set of data, both brain, body, social determinants, childhood trauma, and other environmental factors to assess and treat patients. I mean, mental health is so complicated. It makes sense you need all of that data. Do you have any examples or, or maybe some stories, uh, you know, from Trait Health and, and, and your partners from the work you're doing, you know, that, to be able to show how it's impacted patients' lives? Yeah, you know, we have many examples, of course. You know, but um, I, one that comes to mind is actually was shared with us with one, uh, by one of our clinicians that is seeing those patients. Um, you know, I don't know how much you know about bipolar disorder, but it's like a pendulum, right? You go very far down into depression and darkness. And then out of that, you come very quickly to the other side, which ends up in mania. You know, you can be really down in the depression phase, which has suicidal thoughts, a number of other challenges. But as you hit the other side in mania, you really behave, you know, with impulse. You do very strange things. You might use a credit card to buy a car. You might use your mom's credit card to buy yourself a computer. So if you have a family that's dealing with uh, a bipolar kid, and this was one of our clinicians' stories shared with okay. us, is you know you can have a mom and dad at home that are going to see the patient, for example, in that manic state, behave this way, and go in and say, I know this is not in your control, we're gonna go reverse this transaction, but I'm gonna have to remove my credit card from all of your devices, because I know this is not in your control, and really support them in recognizing that this is not in their control, because it's not. 
And then there is a home environment where, you know, mom and dad ground the child, you know, isolate them from society, create the kinds of, you know, almost, um, you know, trauma, you know, induced environments yeah, sure. that only makes things worse. And that pendulum swings the other way very quickly back into depression again. So no matter what that, you know, the clinician was sharing that no matter what she was doing, the patient was not improving in their health outcomes. And the reason why she found out is because we included that data for her to say, okay, you know what? If we improve home environment, if we provide family therapy, if we create the infrastructure for this patient to have an environment that is supporting the treatment that I as a clinician am providing, then we see the improvement in health outcomes. You don't need some of those things in a, in a family that is already supported. Many of those patients, even without the medication, can get much better. Mm. Right? But then you see a, a kid that is never getting better. And, and a lot why. of that, yeah. And a then lot you feel of, like a failure as a counselor, As a counselor, <laughs> as a psychiatrist. But you, when you're using trade, you see that data in the application. You let the family or even the patient you know, report that kind of information so that the clinician knows what type of other services they need to really help you improve in your health outcomes. Interesting. Yeah. I love that story. That's really interesting. What do you think the key is to trade health success? Is it, is it kind of having everyone on the same platform? Or is it having all of the data? We just talked about some of the data that was available. Is it coordinating the efforts between everyone? What, what do you think the, the key is to success? So, you know, it's all of the above, honestly. <laughs> Again, it is a multifactorial, it's a team approach uh, to treating any healthcare, but definitely in mental healthcare, because you tend to have a lot more complexity and a lot more providers that have to handle your symptoms. Um, so it is definitely, our vision was to have a 360 degree view of the patient. That includes all patient health um, and environmental data, so brain symptoms, body, physical symptoms, and your environmental symptoms at a granular level. So that's all health data. Mm -hmm. The entire ecosystem around the patient, so your family has observations. If you're a kid, school has observations. Have all of that data included. All of that ecosystem provide insights. And then to make sure that everyone is collaborating, providing that care. Right? So if you have a school counselor and a psychiatrist and a therapist, each one is providing a type of service that is trying to address the same symptoms. But you will never be able to do that if everyone's doing their own thing. So that collaboration has definitely been a huge factor of success. And we've seen that in the programs that we're supporting, statewide psychiatry access programs are all about collaborative care. It's all about um, helping the primary care physician treat a patient in their clinic and provide the right type of care when they need it and where they are. And doing that in collaboration with primary care, with your school counselor, with your family, if you're the center, if you as a patient have all of that ecosystem included, um, that's the only way you can actually treat them, assess them, and help them improve their health outcomes. Yeah. So who do you see leads this effort? Is it the government programs? Is it the schools? Is it the provider organizations? Or does it depend on states or locales? Uh, you know what? I don't, I don't, there's no state dependency. Okay. I think this is one of those things where it takes a village and it takes collaboration and it does take a lot of private public partnerships to make this happen. Um, the case studies are there. The success stories are there the policy makers and the decision makers at the federal level and at the state level 
uh, are have the ability to use those use cases, standardize programs, roll them out across the country, address these mental health crises, address the mental health crisis at a federal level through consistency, through partnership, through care delivery that that is that has clearly worked. There's no state dependency. If you do this in a coordinated effort in any state that you go, this has been successful. That's awesome. um, it does take decision making. You know, the funding is there, right? right? So it really does depend on policymakers, funding agencies to say, I'm going to channel this in the right way, in a coordinated way. We saw that happen when we were developing a COVID vaccine um, to contain a pandemic. This is the other pandemic. We have a mental health crisis. It does require similar sets of initiatives for this to work. Awesome. So what's next for Trade Health? Continue what we're doing and do them well, right? Is to enable these access programs and get them up and running as much as possible. Use our knowledge of case studies in other states to help implement similar programs um, and drive some of that consistency in programs with some of the other states that we're working with and take this to a federal level. But I think more importantly, one of the things that we are really working on and we'll be taking more initiatives on is to be more involved with policymakers, with decision makers, to really bring those use cases to their attention and to help potentially create a little bit more structure around how that federal initiative is rolled out. It's how standardization um, happens at the federal level, um, not at the local levels. Right. Well, it's great because you have the data that they need to make those decisions. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so our, our goal is to really bring that data out to the attention of not just the states that are seeing that data, but at a federal level to the agencies that can make a difference. That's awesome. Malika, you educated me, Thank you educated you. our audience. I appreciate you, you taking time to talk with us. And thanks everyone for watching and listening. If you want to find more great healthcare IT content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application.